the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, now tell me why you're too sick to work and it better be good. Rita, I'm reliving the same day over and over. Groundhog Day. Today. Okay, I'm waiting for the punchline. No. Really. This is the third time. It's like yesterday never happened. I am racking my brain, but I can't even begin to imagine why you'd make up something like this. I'm not making it up. I am asking you for help. Okay, what do you want me to do? I don't know. You're a producer. Come up with something. You want my advice? I think you should get your head examined if you expect me to believe a stupid story like that, Phil. Phil? Like the groundhog, Phil? Yeah, like the groundhog, Phil. <laughs> Look up for your shadow there, pal. <laughs> Morons, your bus is leaving. I drink alone. Yeah, with nobody else. I drink alone. Yeah. For breakfast, I don't want no coffee or tea. Just me and my good buddy Wiser. That's all I ever need. Cause I drink alone. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. We're all drinking alone. Yeah, with nobody else. Hey, I uh, use that, I uh, open up with that scene from a Groundhog Day, because that's kind of what it feels like to me, and I'm sure most of you, because we get up, and we do the same thing we did yesterday. We don't go anywhere. We sit, in our, sit at in front of our computers, and we work until it's time to go home, except for we're already home, so we never get to go home, because we're always at work. And uh, then at then at night we drink alone, yeah, with nobody else. So anyway, I hope you guys are all surviving it. I hope you guys are all having uh having a uh, tolerable, tolerable, uh, peaceful time. Trying to stay, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a good time to uh, read spiritual, read the Bible, and and uh, watch spiritual movies because it helps you keep your uh, your uh, your crazy the crazy from coming out from uh, being cooped up, but we're still having fun. We're still having fun. We're still doing business. We're still doing our radio shows. Today I'm recording from my uh, Arizona secret bunker at our uh, our house in uh, in Arizona by the river, and uh, I will tell you that Don and I drove across into Laughlin, and uh, it. for those of you that have been in Laughlin, you know, it's like six big hotels, 
and casinos right on the Colorado River. And uh, there is nobody there. There are there are no no uh, cars in the parking lots. There's no boats. There's no nothing. Just everything's all blocked off. The big screens you drive down the street, like you know, like Vegas type type uh, things that usually have videos of concerts and entertainments going up, and and come here and look at this person won this jackpot. Um, it's all says uh, uh, we'll get through this together. Stay home. Stay safe. Uh, we'll and and we'll see you soon. Um, the only thing that opened up on in the whole strip are stations and an In-N-Out Burger, which uh, for those of you that are staying at home and you find out that you're gaining weight because it's so easy when you're just at home to go visit the refrigerator or uh, or the freezer or uh, you know my wife thinks that you know Don's saying every time she uh, every time it's been two hours since she fed me something well make Ed something. It's not going to be pretty when it's all over, but we will all get through it, folks. Keep your chins up. Keep your attitude right, and uh, we will get through this. And uh, for those of you for those of you that uh, I've been thinking about, eh, I've been thinking about, I uh, hear those interest rates are getting lower. Maybe I should uh, think about uh, uh, refinancing my house. Maybe I should think about a reverse mortgage. Maybe I should be thinking about uh, buying, the, getting my kids into a house so they can get out of my house because I'm getting tired of being with them 24 hours a day. Well, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. And if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities, mostly because of the, mostly because of the interest rates and also because of the coronavirus, that you have a lot less competition out there. If you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. I will tell you that um, people are people are calling and they're asking for stuff. And I will tell you the difference between calling a rocket mortgage or calling a Quicken or calling, uh, you know, one of these people on the internet. And what I do is I had someone call call this morning and ask about, hey, I'm thinking about buying 40 acres in uh, in the desert. And it's going to be a little under 25000 How hard is that going to be to finance? I say, hey, you know what? Financing 40 acres of dirt in the desert is going to be very difficult to finance. But let's do a cash-out refinance on your proper, on your house and take the $25,000 out and pay cash for it. And whereas some people go, will say, well, I don't want to take money out of my house. What's the difference? It's still debt. All we're doing is rearranging it. So... It's having a, having a little uh, a little vision there to uh, steer you towards what gets you what your goals are may not actually look how you think it's going to look the best way. So uh, talking to someone with a brain makes things a lot easier. So anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in all the information you want to give me. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, all working from their houses as well. Uh, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman. And we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, also on inhoffman.net, you can click on the podcast page and hear uh, this show as well, as well as several past shows. And you can listen to them on demand, download them uh, for free. and and listen to them. You can all, there's a, also a couple of uh, specialty shows that have been on there for a while, the Clinton casualties and the nine 11 tribute. 
which if you haven't heard it yet, you'll hear it in a, in about five months. So uh, you'll hear it on the on the radio on that. Um, also, you can get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, where you can subscribe for free, have it automatically download to your uh, to your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your puppy pad or your computer, whatever you can listen to podcasts on, and you can listen to it whenever it's convenient for you. We actually, I actually record on on Friday morning, so the podcast usually goes up there sometime Friday afternoon or evening, so you can actually listen to it earlier than it actually broadcast if you want to. Um, follow me on Twitter at, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Um, this week, since I don't get to go home and actually relax and tweet things, I, uh, since I'm working from home and, uh, you know, that's the part of what I was saying earlier, you never get to go home because you're just there. So, um, I find myself not tweeting as much these past couple of weeks, but you know what, trust me, I have an opinion and you're entitled to it. So you'll, it'll be up there soon. It'll be up there eventually. Um, let's see anything else I needed to say here. Uh, the Facebook page, uh, is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. So uh, anyway, uh, all good. So, hey, before I go, go any further, people have been calling about this product called Title Lock that's being advertised on the, on the uh, TV and on the radio a lot um, and asked me what my opinion is. My opinion is if you live in Riverside or San Bernardino County, whenever anything gets recorded against your property, they mail you a copy of it. So, uh, so really, you don't really have that need. If you want to feel better about it, it's 150 bucks a year per property. If it makes you feel better to just know, hey, it's a $15 a month. Uh, wait, it's $15 a month. That's uh, $180 a year. So if you pay monthly, it's 15 bucks a month. So if you uh, if that makes you feel better, then go for it. But in Riverside, San Bernardino County, I know both those county counties mail you something every time it's recorded. I had a house that we were flipping. And uh, we flipped it in uh, Palm Springs and I sold the house. And, you know, a few days later, I get a copy of the grant deed um, recorded to say, just so you know, this was recorded against your property. Well, it's not my property anymore, but thanks for letting me know just in case I wasn't uh, in tune to what happened. But they mail you that. So you're going to know in a week anyway. And I don't know that Title Lock's going to catch it any faster because that's all I do is monitor the same thing. So anyway... Um, that's my opinion. If you live in another County besides Riverside, San Bernardino, call the County recorder and ask them if they do that. Cause if they do, then you're good. Anyway, in that hundred dollar value, they send you is a property profile and they're not worth a hundred, hundred dollars. Uh, you can get them for, you can get them free. Anyway, if you want, want more information, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, 2020 or, uh, ed Anyway, uh, so let's go, let's go on with what's going on this week. What's going on in this country this week. Oh yeah. Coronavirus. So let's talk about, Let's talk about the timeline of the coronavirus. The New York Times ran an article accusing the president of ignoring, ignoring early warning signs on the coronavirus. It completely defies a factual timeline. And you know what? And, and before I go on to the next, to, to the, this story, um, I asked Alexa. I asked Alexa and said, hey, Alexa, how long will the coronavirus last? The virus itself may last only two more weeks or so, but the faction known as the Democrat Party will continue to make it last psychologically for at least six more months. Their motivation is to thoroughly ruin the economy and blame our great President Trump for it. They are trying to stop his inevitable re-election by any surreptitious means possible. It is well known that people who do not suffer from TDS are too smart for this hoax and will not allow it to go beyond four more weeks. 
The lazy Americans with TDS will continue to milk the government for more money and time off from work confusing it with being their sugar daddy. We can agree that not longer than four to six weeks in America will be back online. Well, I think last week and the week before I said my prediction was um, we're on the stay at home order till April 30th. If we're not back to work in May, it won't be longer than June 1st that we'll be back to work. And do I think that things will get back to normal? I think they'll get back to normal eventually. I think we're uh, we're all happy to uh, want to get back to work. So we go go to work so we can and say, you know, do I want to go back to work? Because I want to work at the office, I want to go to work. I want to go to work at the office so I can come home and actually be at home and turn turn off turn it off. But you know what? Uh, we all want to get back, and I think eventually, uh, you know, at first we'll we'll keep our social distancing. People will probably still be wearing masks in public. We won't be shaking hands as much, and we'll we'll be more we'll be more conscious. And people will start washing their hands like they uh, like they should have been doing before anyway. Um, but you know, because normally most people don't. So I think it'll be there'll be a while where we go slowly back into it, but at least we'll be going to work. You'll be going to the gym. I have a gym in my backyard, but my trainer doesn't come over because of coronavirus. So I have to work out by myself, which means I sleep in a lot more days than I usually do. And uh and I think things will things will get back to normal by June first we'll be back. We'll be back. You can't and you can see what's happening in, in Michigan with the uh the people are defying the stay stay at home order. Uh, apparently the 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 uh, governor of Michigan said you can't even go to your second homes. And apparently in Michigan, everybody has a second home. So uh, I know that I'm at one of my second homes. I have a second home in Mammoth and a second home at the river. So we're there, but I'm told at the, at Mammoth, the people of Mammoth Lakes are not being very friendly with people that don't live there full time coming in because they don't have the facilities to uh, take on a big, a big bunch of visitors that catch the coronavirus. They don't have the facilities there. And uh, let me think, where would be the nearest hospital from Mammoth Lakes? There's a hospital in Mammoth Lakes, but I think it has 19 beds. And I think the, I don't know that there's one in Bishop, which is 43 miles. And Ridgecrest is about a two-hour drive, which probably has a hospital. Or going north to uh, Carson City, probably two and a half or three hours. So it's, uh, they don't really have the facilities. And I'm just told they're just not being very friendly to the people that aren't regulars up there. So. Uh, but I have a, I have a garage at my place in, uh, in Mammoth Lake. So I don't have to worry about my tires getting slashed if I do that, but we're at the river, we're at the river and we're uh, enjoying this change of scenery. So, uh, so that's, that's the timeline thing, but here's, here's what the article in the, in the New York times said, that's defying all the factual timeline. The article titled, he could have seen what's coming behind Trump's failure on the virus claimed the following myths. The first myth was, Trump didn't act at all until February. The article says that the public health experts were emailing each other about the threat of the pandemic on January 28th. Mr. Trump repeatedly played down the seriousness of the virus and focused on other issues. Well, the truth is, the truth is that that email circulated one day after the White House had already created its own coronavirus task force. One day before President Trump chaired the first task force meeting. And three days before he bar the, he banned travel from China, since the media used this article as the source for attacks on on the president for more than a week, Trump delivered a timeline that the, on Wednesday I think it was uh, that covers the coronavirus events going back to January. Let's examine it piece by piece, starting with January sixth through January eleventh. So, on January sixth, there were CDC issued a travel notice for Wuhan, China, 
a notice before there was even a confirmed case of the virus in the United States. On January 11th, we have zero cases in the United States. Zero. We don't have any cases. So there are no cases reported. The CDC issued a level one travel notice health for health while there were still no confirmed cases. So we had zero cases. People want me to act. I'm supposed to close down the economy, the greatest economy in the history of the world, and we don't have one case confirmed in the United States. That's January 11th. He has to make decisions. So I think Trump's Trump's looking at this and he says, and he says, hey, we're watching it. We're paying attention to it. But what's really happening? He's he's making uh, he's making some judgments. But nothing. He didn't have. We didn't have any cases in the in the United States yet. Anyway, myth number two: the Trump that Trump refused to listen to public health experts because of his suspicion of the deep state. The very people in his government whose expertise might have guided him towards steps that would slow the virus and save lives. Here's the truth. The president was following the advice of government scientists and public health officials every step of the way. Here's what Dr. Fauci said himself on January 21st. Well, I, you know, obviously you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. So on January 21st, that was what his advisors were saying. That's what everybody's saying. Myth number three, Trump put the economy before the health of the American people. The New York Times article says, even after Mr. Trump took his first concrete action at the end of January, public health had to compete with economic and political considerations in, the, in, the, in internal debates. Well, the truth is, the same week Dr. Fauci said we didn't need to worry, the president was damned if he acted and damned if he didn't act. On January 17th, the CDC began implementing public health entry screenings at three major U.S. airports that received the greatest volume of passengers from Wuhan at my instructions. There was not a single case of the coronavirus in the United States. There wasn't a case, and the fake news is saying, oh, he didn't act fast enough. Well, you remember what happened. Because when I did act, I was criticized by Nancy Pelosi, by sleepy Joe Biden. I was criticized by everybody. In fact, I was called xenophobic. On January 21st, there was one case in the whole United States. We had one case. This is all documented. It all comes from you. A lot of it comes from you people. I'm supposed to shut down the government, the biggest, the biggest uh, economy in the history of the world. Shut it down. We have one case. Yeah, it's a, it's a, ama- it's amazing how these uh, Monday morning quarterbacks are, are looking at, well, he should have done this, should have done that. And everything he did, everything he did, he got criticized for. No matter if he, he worked, he acted too fast, he acted too slow. And if you, and if you don't listen to it all together, then you could be deceived and the uninformed and misinformed, it's probably doing a good job because the Democrats, as you, as you watch, as you, as you watch and listen, on social media, you see there's some people out there that are unin touch. They're not at, they're they're out of touch. They just don't they just don't have a, a good uh, they just don't have a good feel for this. Fast forward ten days to the end of January, when we had only seven confirmed cases in the United States, still no deaths, and it was undeniable that the virus was coming from China. On January 31st, think of it: not one person has died, not one. Nobody died, and I said, China, you can't come in. I'm sorry, because I saw what was going on. Wasn't so much what I was told. 
it was that I saw what was going on. So I issued travel restrictions on that date, even though nobody died, and I got brutalized over it by the press. Brutalized by the press. But, you know, sort of I've been brutalized for the last four years. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's been called a racist. Oh, you're not letting people from Chinese. You're, you're being racist against Chinese people. Dr. Fauci has been repeatedly asked to comment on whether there was pushback from the president. When he and Dr. So in Tuesday's briefing, he told them that the president followed their guidance the whole time, which, of course, led some idiot reporter to ask Trump to ask if Trump was forcing him to say that. The first and only time that Dr. Burks and I went in and formally made a recommendation to the president to actually have a, quote, shutdown in the sense of not really shutdown, but to really have strong mitigation. The president listened to the recommendation and went to the mitigation. The next second time that I went with Dr. Burks into the president and said, 15 days are not enough. We need to go 30 days. Obviously, there were people who had a problem with that because of the potential secondary effects. Nonetheless, at that time, the president went with the health recommendations, and we extended it another 30 days. It is voluntarily, or did no, the president... No, I'm doing it. I, everything I do is voluntarily, please. Don't even imply that. Yeah, if you watch, if you watch the, uh, the press conferences every day, and why does Trump want to do this every day? Because he wants to do it every day to keep everybody calm and make sure he's keep he's making sure that everybody gets to hear what's going on in the progress. Because this is a day by day grind. It's a day by day stress case for everybody in the country that's that uh, has to stay at home. And it's and he's trying to keep everybody calm. What a leader should be doing. And uh, every time that, that you can see the CNN, MSNBC, the Associated Press, all the all the uh, the liberal and progressive reporters, all they're doing is asking him to answer answer stuff that's going to that that they're loaded questions that they just want to get him to trip up something and they're they're just looking for something so they can put some bad news out there. Um so anyway it's kind of it's kind of disgusting uh to watch it and it and it is not good for the attitude but it's out there. It's out there. So uh I'm almost out of time for this half so but I'll talk about the another fake feud that's going on this week was between Trump and his governors. It's funny how the media asks questions that lead Trump to remind him that he's the president so they can twist his words to portray him as a dictator. So the question was, clarify your understanding of your authority versus the governor's. Trump answered that he isn't, it isn't his authority as a person, but it's his, but it's his authority as the president of the United States that elevates him above governors. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. Total. Your authority is total. Total. It's total. And the governors know that. I'm going to put it very simply. The president of the United States has the authority to do what the president has the authority to do, which is very powerful. The president of the United States calls the shots. If we weren't here for the states, you would have had a problem in this country like you've never seen before. Yep, you're absolutely correct, and we're going to talk about that more in the second half, but I am out of time for this half of the main event, so let's pick up right there in five minutes after five minutes of uh, uh, traffic, weather, and commercials. I would say sports, but there's no sports. Uh, Listen to some commercials and some traffic and weather, and we'll see you in five minutes. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. 
two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance uh, normally on the radio because it's, you'd think it's boring, but there is so much happening in real estate and finance right now. The interest rates are unbelievable. If you've been thinking about uh, purchasing a property that you'd like to own, or if you're thinking about refinancing a property that you already own, you should be calling us and check on, check on uh, what the numbers look like now because the uh, equity is up. And of course, people are worried about equity going down because the market will be, because the market's slowing down because people aren't looking at houses, which if you're a buyer, that's a great time to, to find out about buying a house because you've got less competition. And, uh, but as a, as a seller refinancing, this could put a few months of a lower comparables. So your value's up and uh, now's the time. Now's the time to do it. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Also, if you're thinking about a reverse mortgage, if you're over 62, what a great, what a great tool. What a great tool. And, you know, when you think about, well, I don't really need it. I don't really need it. I'm, uh, we've, got, we've got plenty of income. We got, but this sure makes a lot of flexibility when something unexpected happens. And so if you haven't looked into it, call me 855-640-2020. The lower rates mean you get more money, uh, more, more access to your equity. And it just, just creates a great tool for your for your later years. So anyway, um, I think that's all I needed to say. Let's get back to what's happening. So before the break, we were talking about um, how the media is, is, uh, is misrepresenting the timeline on the coronavirus and, and creating, uh, trying to create anything to make him look bad. And he's talking about the, uh, uh, the, the rift between him and the governors of all the States. And, uh, after so we talked about his uh his saying hey the the president has the authority that the president has it's not me saying that I'm the dictator that I have the authority I can do whatever I want he's saying hey the president of the United States whoever's in the white house has the authority to run the country and after a 24 hour spat with Andrew Cuomo and all the predictable accusations that sounded like uh that that he sounded like a king or a dictator the president backed down on Wednesday with this message from the white house I will be speaking to all 50 governors very shortly, and I will then be authorizing each individual governor of each individual state to implement a reopening and a very powerful reopening plan of their state at a time and in a manner as most appropriate. Remember, two weeks ago, the media was was saying that he needed he needed to force all the governors that hadn't issued stay at home orders. 
Now they're saying he's being a dictator by using authority over the government to reopen the economy. They have, they can't have it both ways. Um, by Thursday, he released guidelines the governors can use to lift the statewide restrictions in phases called open up America again. Pretty soon we'll be wearing red hats to say open up America again. Um, and then once we, everybody's back to work, then we'll be back to uh, keep America great hats. So, uh, so for those of you that aren't getting up and doing your hair, this is a good uh, good remedy for bad hair days. He has the, the guidelines that they released talk about, hey, first we're going to let these people go back to work, and then we're going to let uh, people go to the gyms, and we're going to let this and let this happen, and then we're going to let the kids go back to school, which some people are saying, well, wait, how do people go back to work if the schools aren't open? Because that's what they use for child care is, the, is their kids being in school. Whatever whatever he does, they're going to they're gonna bitch and whine. You know, I saw I saw a uh, a interview with the governor of South Dakota the other day, and South Dakota um, doesn't have it. They have like they have like seven seven uh, cases of coronavirus in the whole state, and they're not they're not they don't have stay at home orders. People are socially distancing and doing all that stuff. But you know, you could see where the president can't rule every state the same way. So the governors have to uh, have to do what they got elected to do is lead their states. And, you know, in the in the the federal government's there to to help coordinate states to states. But. The governor's got to do their jobs. So when I hear Andrew Cuomo saying, hey, you know what, he wants to pass the buck, but he hasn't passed the bucks, meaning that, hey, he wants us to run our states, but he's not giving us the money to do it. Well, you guys run your state how you run your state. You got state income tax and state sales tax, and you got all these different taxes coming in, and you run it how you run it. And if you don't run it responsibly, then you want the federal government to come in and and save you. I think that's a lack of leadership. But that's me. I could be wrong. It's just my opinion. So meanwhile, our our governor has managed to stay away from any fights with the president, uh, probably because he's too busy releasing felons and giving money to illegal aliens. Yes, the rumors are true. Gavin Newsom is releasing 16,000 or more inmates, at least, to reduce overcrowding that's supposedly causing the virus to spread in California prisons. My personal opinion is I would rather isolate the coronavirus prison. You know, you've got, they've got isolation. They've got solitary confinement. So if you've got one guy with coronavirus, then take him out of his cell with his cellmate and put him isolated somewhere. Don't release him out to the, uh, to the general population because, the, because they're so too crowded and the and the they're saying that hey we're they're not releasing they're not releasing uh people for violent for violent uh uh they're not releasing people that are in jail for for violent crimes you know they're you know they don't put people in jail for a traffic ticket so i don't really buy that in tampa florida they released a guy in uh on march 19th for drug charges the next day he murdered somebody so I don't know. I just assume leave those guys in jail. You know, uh, they don't get, they don't get, I've never been arrested because I don't do anything. I don't do anything that wrong. And, you know, when I do something wrong, it's a traffic ticket. They don't put you in jail for that. So anyway, just so, I mean, this is a, a complete mis, uh, misjudgment in my opinion. So uh, this bad idea seems to concern law enforcement just as much as regular citizens. Here's LA County Sheriff Alexander Villanueva. We were faced with a choice. If we left the jail system fully populated and overpopulated, then the pandemic is a lot easier to sweep through the jail system and jeopardize everyone's safety. Some of them are not going to go back to court. They're going to end up being a, 
uh, they're going to go to warrant, so to speak, failure to appear. People that are not in jail are losing their jobs, so much less those that are, didn't have a job to begin with, they're out on the street. So we're adding to the mix. It's something, it's uncharted territory that we're headed into. Yeah, we're uncharted territory, but you know what? Common sense. Hey, you know, what are we going to do? Our jails are overcrowded. Build more jails. Uh, make That creates more jobs in it. Keeps uh keeps our uh, society safe, and you know what the reason that, the reason that people don't commit crimes because they don't want to go to jail. If they think that you'll notice that we made a lot of uh, a lot of crimes uh, uh, misdemeanors. Like if you get caught uh, stealing something, if you steal less than nine hundred fifty dollars, it's a it's like a traffic ticket. It's an infraction. It's a misdemeanor. They don't take you to jail. So you're seeing people going and shoplifting all over the place shoplifting and, and stealing stuff. And they know that if they, if they don't, if they get caught, they're not going to jail anyway. So they just do it. Um, I think it's Singapore that if you get caught stealing, they cut off your hands and uh, people don't steal. You know, if you get, if you, there are certain, there are certain crimes, they just, they just, they just assassinate you. They just put you to death. They execute you. That's the word I'm looking for. Hey, you know what? If you're doing something that bad, you're going to get executed. Don't do anything that bad. It's called cause and effect. It's called uh, uh, human behavior. How people how people react when you do that. And well, we don't really want to to uh, penalize people for for making uh, for making a, a bad judgment. Well, people won't make bad judgments if they know there's consequences. But that's me. I'm old school, so who knows? Then Newsom announced on Wednesday that he plans to give cash payments to 150,000 of the two million undocumented Californians to help them weather the coronavirus. Uh, how much will this cost us taxpayers in California? Um, just 75 million bucks. I'm proud as governor to be the first state to announce a program uh, for direct disaster assistance to those individuals. Uh, we're putting up $75 million in partnership with philanthropy. Philanthropy is matching our efforts, not dollar for dollar, but they're putting in an additional $50 million to support our efforts. So a total of $125 million to provide individual assistance of $500 and household assistance up to $1,000. And, uh, you know, he, he sounds like he's the hero. I'm proud to announce we're doing this. You know who's doing it? Us taxpayers in the state of California. That's our money. Can you think of something that would $75 million would be better used on? How about fix the potholes in the streets? Something amazing, amazing. Oh, and uh, and while I'm talking about potholes in the streets, uh, just so you guys enjoy, I was so excited before last week when we drove out to uh, to our place in Arizona that we got to fill up our uh, our Hummer with uh, premium gas for two dollars and eighty nine cents. Until we got here and it was time to refuel, and I bought it for two dollars and five cents premium gas in Arizona. And what's the difference? Taxes. That's it. That's it. Same exact gas, except for the taxes. So uh, let's talk about uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, which is what been a lot in the a lot in the news. And but my wife calls them the WHO. It's WHO, the WHO. All right. So uh, who is actually at fault for this global pandemic is the Chinese government. And this week it got we got further proof of that. Um, all signs point to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where Chinese researchers were studying viruses in bats. And guess who transmitted those viruses to? The, the researchers, of course. So patient zero was not some person who bought a bat at a wet market to cook up and eat for dinner. Ugh. 
was actually a Chinese scientist in a Chinese lab. The market initially identified as being the culprit, never never even sold bats, and sources say that the wet market story was China's attempt at deflecting blame from its research programs, along with the country's propaganda efforts targeting the U.S. and Italy. By uh, repeating this propaganda, the World Health Organization helped China succeed, which is why the president, the, why President Trump was absolutely justified in doing this. Today, I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted. Had the WHO done its job to get medical experts into China to objectively assess the situation on the ground and to call out China's lack of transparency. The outbreak could have been contained at its source with very little death. Yeah, and if you uh, if you listen to the Democrats um, who need to make sure that uh, they do everything they can to ensure that Trump doesn't look good by any of this thing, this is what you heard. This is an attempt by the president to steer you away from his own actions. If you go through the scapegoats that he's blamed uh, so far for this coronavirus pandemic, the WHO, members of the news media, Democrats in Congress. What you're seeing is a president who deflects, demeans, and denounces others as opposed to taking responsibility. If I had to sum it up, I would say sheer madness. Uh, It's obscene. It's strictly political. What he's accusing the WHO of, he did even worse. He did it even worse. What did he do? So you know what uh, the WHO is is covering things up, and they're supposed to be the World Health Organization. Let's make some decisions based on the health of the entire globe, since we're all globally traveling. Well, not we're all, but lots of people travel internationally. And uh, no, Trump did not do even worse than the than the than the WHO. On January fourteenth, Trump was making a decision on Chinese travel ban while the World Health Organization was tweeting that there was no evidence of human-to-human transmission. Three months later, more than 140,000 people in 184 countries around the world are dead. So, I don't know. What's Trump doing worse than the the World Health Organization? I don't think anything. Um, And how about Dr. Tedros, who is actually not a medical doctor. He's got a PhD in public health, which apparently don't need to to really know about uh, actually how, how medical things work. Um, he's the head of the of the WHO. We're learning learning a lot about him too. Uh, when he was Ethiopia's health minister for seven years, Tedros was responsible for covering up three separate cases of cholera. And for those of you who don't know what cholera is, it's kind of it's kind of a lot like uh, uh, amoebic dysentery. What's amoebic dysentery? Oh, it's some kind of infection in your tummy. We get diarrhea forever. Diarrhea forever. Your body dries up and you die. Yeah, well, that's that's how they describe it in Mrs. Doubtfire anyway. So when cholera hit Ethiopia in 2006 and 2009-2011, Tedros directed doctors not to diagnose patients with cholera. Instead, the cases were recorded as acute watery diarrhea. Ew. This according to the New York Times. So this is what the New York Times, the people that say everything nasty and negative about Trump, this is what they reported on the head of the of the World Health Organization. As for the relationship with China, we all remember Tedros was praising China's transparency about the virus as they were covering up true nu- the true number of cases and putting their researchers in prison. One of the whistleblower doctors in China ended up dying of the virus. So why, why is he so loyal? Well, maybe because the Chinese Communist Party helped him get his job. The Washington Post uh, wrote back in... Uh, 
2017, that Tedros' appointment to the WHO was a political payoff with China and that Chinese diplomats worked tirelessly behind the scenes to help Tedros knock out the British candidate for the position. So, you know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can't defund the World Health Organization because... Because that would just that's just not good for America. It's not good for the globe. But apparently the World Health Organization is only good for the for China. And what's amazing to me is to watch this stuff happen and you see that the Chinese helped him get his position and he's protecting the Chinese. It sounds kind of like uh what happens with you notice that uh we part of our last uh relief effort, the Relief effort number three for $2 trillion. We gave, uh, we included $25 million for the Kennedy Center, who then donated $5 million to the Democrat Party. So, you know, this, this stuff happens. There's all this behind the scenes stuff. And all they want to do is, is, uh, is, uh, is accuse Trump of all this stuff. And of course, there's Nancy Pelosi out there. She, she's orchestrating this stuff and, uh, and behind the scenes. And in the front of the scenes, what she's saying. Funding for testing, 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 very important. Uh, the next bill was about masks, 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 so that we can test, 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 testing, 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 mask, 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 ventilators, ventilators, ventilators. It is vital to life and death. Many, many, many cases. Wash their hands, wash their hands, wash their hands regularly and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate all the time. Science, science, science. Moron, moron, moron. Idiot, idiot, idiot. So anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's criminal that this lady is third in line for the presidency. So, uh, so let's talk about uh, everyone's rush to endorse Joe Biden this week. Another, another ridiculous the whole situation there. So uh, this week, uh, everyone, uh, everyone's in a rush to endorse Joe Biden. And you may be wondering why. Well, first, it was Bernie, who just one week ago was still telling voters to help him get delegates for the convention. Talk about doing a 180 degree turnaround. So today I am asking all Americans, I'm asking every Democrat, I'm asking every independent, I'm asking a lot of Republicans to come together in this campaign to support your candidacy, oh. which I endorse. Yeah, he endorses. He's uh, asking. He's I've been asking Republicans to do it as well. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, if Democrats had brains, I think this is a, was a was an Ann Coulter uh, book. If Democrats had brains, they'd be Republicans. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know think what he's thinking. And of course, Elizabeth Warren's. Uh, there was Elizabeth Warren, whose endorsement isn't worth wasting the time on that we have left. But the big surprise was was uh, President Barack Hussein Obama, who finally decided it was time to tell America he isn't embarrassed of the human gaffe machine he made vice president. Honesty and humility, empathy and grace. That kind of leadership doesn't just belong in our state capitals and mayor's offices. It belongs in the White House. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah, it could have been the, one of the best decisions you ever made because uh, look at all the other decisions you made all this time, all that time in, in the presidency. Uh, here's more of Obama portraying Biden as some kind of progressive saint. Joe helped me manage H1N1 and prevent the Ebola epidemic from becoming the type of pandemic we're seeing now. 
He helped me restore America's standing and leadership in the world on the other threats of our time, like nuclear proliferation and climate change. Joe has the character and the experience to guide us through one of our darkest times and heal us through a long recovery. Yeah, he doesn't even know how to how to find out where to where to pick up his lunch after he uh, drives through the drive through. Well, uh, I just ordered. Uh, where do I get my food? Uh, I don't know. Uh, should I just keep driving forward? You know, uh, he talks about the guide us through the H1N1 H1N1 virus, also known as the swine flu. There was like a thousand deaths before they did anything. So, uh, you know, he's got the grace and the to heal us and do all this stuff and re, and uh, restore our our reputation in the world. Yeah, like he did in Ukraine. Hey, you know what? If you don't uh, stop uh, stop this prosecutor from uh, investigating the company that pays my son a million dollars a year, you're not getting the billion dollars of taxpayer money. This guy's got the character and the grace. So he knew all these people would eventually endorse Biden. But uh, why would all three of them come out the same week? Well, here's my opinion. For Obama, maybe it's because if Bill Barr doesn't finish, finish his investigation before the election, which we know he won't, this protects Obama from getting exposed for the corruption he and Biden engaged in in Ukraine. Because, you know, when this all comes out, they're going to say, hey, Hunter Biden was, uh, was, a, was a, a pass-through. Uh, Joe Biden was, in, was uh, uh, extorting money out of the American taxpayers to the Ukraine, back to himself through his son. And we know that Obama knew everything that was going on. So when it all comes out, there's going to be a lot of people in trouble. The only way to stop it is get Biden elected. So, so uh, he'll put a different uh, attorney general in there. Or maybe Obama and everybody else knows they need to hurry, hurry up and endorse Biden before the very credible sexual assault allegation against Biden gains more traction. So there's no evidence that Biden pinned Tara Reid, one of his Senate aides, against a wall in 1993 and assaulted her. But there's also no evidence that he didn't. Here's her story. Reid says it happened in spring of 1993. She's now 56, so she was 29 then. Yes, he was married to Jill then, and he was, and he was 48. Tara was called by one of her bosses to deliver a gym bag to Biden's office in another building, saying he asked specifically for her. When she arrived, he pushed her against the wall and started kissing her neck and jammed his knee between her legs to pull, the, pull them apart. The story gets worse from there. It happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him. It was gone, and then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And, um, yeah, and then he went, oh, he went down my skirt, but then up inside it and he uh penetrated me with his fingers and um I remember him saying first before like as he was doing it do you want to go somewhere else and then him saying to me when i pulled away he um got finished doing what he was doing and i kind of was pulled back and he said he said come on man i heard you liked me yeah, that's honesty, integrity, and grace, just like Obama said. Here's how St. Joe reacted when she pulled away. I um, knew he was angry right after he took his finger. He just, like, pointed at me, and he said, you're nothing to me. And then he, he just looked at me, and he goes, you're nothing, nothing. For me, it was like every, everything shattered in that moment because I knew, like, we were alone. It was over, right? He wasn't trying to do anything more, but it's, I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. He was this champion of women's rights in my eyes. And I couldn't believe it was happening. It didn't see, it seems surreal. According to her, she filed a complaint with the Senate. 
a copy of which has not been located yet because probably somebody got rid of it. Um, and shortly thereafter, she was reassigned to a windowless office. And shortly thereafter, she uh, left working in the uh, in the Senate or the government. You know what? Uh, compare this to compare this story. This story sounds real to me. And of course, I don't know for sure, but they sure made a big deal out of it with uh, Justice uh, uh, Kavanaugh. And I don't hear anybody reporting on this so far, but you know, it's going to come out. It's going to come out and it's going to be, it's going to be gnarly before the, as they nominate him for president. And this is all going to be on him. Uh, and especially if it's real anyway, Hey, I'm all out of time for this uh, episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1026588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Able Housing Opportunity. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1026588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity. AM 590, the answer.